Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. It's been a little while since I got to be with you. I think, if I remember correctly, you've had Christmas and New Year's, Valentine's Day, and the Super Bowl, if anybody watched it. So that's, uh, it's been a little while. It's a, a pleasure to get to be back now and through the last Sunday in March. And uh, I don't want you to plan your being gone during all that, but you know, I guess you'll, you'll do what you do. Um, in, the, in the time that I've been gone though, Brian Brokaw and his his gang uh, were successful in locating a, a guy to be your preacher, and that's extraordinary. And uh, Wade Hodges is going to start the Sunday after Easter. Um, I heard about how some of that conversation uh, might have gone, might have gone. That uh, if he had, if he'd started on Palm Sunday, he would have rode in maybe on a donkey. That that would have been that would have been a little presumptuous. Um, he thought that starting on Easter might be taking the emphasis off of where it needed to be. Probably right. And so the Sunday after Easter, uh, Wade's going to start. It's uh, it's really good. I've known Wade uh, quite a long time. I met him. We started getting together and drinking coffee when I lived in Austin and after he'd moved down to Austin from Tulsa. And he is such a good man. And his wife, Heather, is an amazing, good, talented lady. Um, I want to tell you, just don't tell anybody, don't make a big deal out of this, but um, in the in the time before you even knew you needed a preacher and and before he thought about moving and all that, I would have conversations because I was working with the Cyber Institute at ACU. And one of the things we do is help churches uh, find preachers and preachers find churches. And so I was in conversations with some of the powers that be there. I do not be one of those powers. Um, but the question was, so who is the best preacher in our brotherhood? Who's Who's the best preacher in our brotherhood? And so people would, uh, would, would talk about that, you know? But, but there was only one name that came always uh, to the top of that list, and it was Wade. It was Wade. Wade Hodges in the pulpit is as good as we have in the churches of Christ, better than... Anyway. He doesn't go around wearing that button, um, nor does his wife go around pointing to him like that. A Wade is a, is a, you know, he's like most people. He, he's a humble guy with a lot to be humble about, right? Um, but, but just amazing that he's gonna come here and be with you. I'm so glad he's coming here because I've fallen in love with this church. I've fallen in love with you. I've fallen in love with your, your vision, your, your place, your structure. Um, really sweet. So 
I think you should look forward to that uh, as it comes. And uh, I know I've described him in a fairly good way. He's better than that. He's better than that. He, uh, his faith, I was in a class with him that he was teaching young preachers. I was in a class that he was teaching young preachers uh, two weeks ago. Spent from seven in the evening till nine o'clock in the evening with him talking to 10 uh, young preachers about just the power of God and the presence of God and the work of the Holy Spirit and how that functions with a, a person who believes in prayer and contemplation of the things of God. So just ask God to bless you as he comes, bless him in the transition he's in, bless the Preston Road Church as they, uh, they, they look for their minister to come next. Um, I want to say just a word about that. I know you're, you're hoping this is the sermon and there won't be one. But um, let me just say more about that. Um, you have not stolen anyone's preacher. How about that for a bold, just flat out statement? Uh, preachers, ministers are, are usually on some kind of missionary journey. Like the missionary journeys of Paul. You're someplace and then the Lord moves you and you someplace and someplace and someplace. And, and sometimes you're moved by the, the positive and sometimes you're moved by the negative. And, and usually it's sort of an orchestrated combination of, of open doors and closed doors and all of that. And, uh, and it's really something you don't have to think about too hard like it's all about you. The hand of God is in all of this. The work of God continues. The work of God continues. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Okay? So, I've been asked to do some things. Matt Mazza calls me now and then and says, we need to have coffee. And like I told the first service, among the people in the world that I find not needing coffee, Matt's one of those. Um, I, yeah, I, maybe, maybe he does. I don't know. But anyway, uh, and we got together the other day. He said, now the, the last two Sundays in uh, February, we want to talk about discipleship. And then the Sundays in March, we want to talk about um, the practical side of discipleship, doing good in the world. And I said, I'm, it's hard to be against that. You know, those are good things. And that uh, today's sermon uh, actually points us toward the beginning of the Rooted series that you're going to hear a bit more about at the end of the service, the Rooted series that starts uh, this afternoon at 2. Some of you have already been through that, and you know what it is. But so we want to talk about discipleship. And in doing that, I want us to talk about discipleship as a journey a journey that is marked by desire and invitation. So we're going to read from um, Mark chapter 1, the mark of discipleship, as we call it, uh, beginning in verse 14. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. 
The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed them. Lord, may we hear this word today and in it find more energy to follow, to answer the deepest desires of our heart. To be a disciple is to follow. Um, in the first century, there were various teachers, rabbis. And if you were following a rabbi, you were their disciple. And the people of Israel were more committed in many ways to following their faith than anybody you could have compared them to at that time in the world. They had their temple. They had their daily prayers. They had their weekly Sabbaths. They had their recurring annual feasts like tabernacles or Passover. There were people in their synagogues who read the Word of God and reflected on it. They were people who had been brought back from captivity by God and given back their land so they could be God's faithful people if they just would. So in that place, you have these men that we see here, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, and they were men who were partaking of the spirit of that age, which was among the Jews a heightened awareness of the promise of a coming Messiah. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the Messiah would come? The Essenes imagined two Messiahs, one a new Moses, the other a new David. Wouldn't it be great if the Messiah would come? So there was a longing in their hearts for the Messiah, the fulfillment of the promises of God. And then a prophet appeared. John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight your ways, repent. And the people who were serious about God went out to John the Baptist and many of them were baptized by John the Baptist for the forgiveness of their sins, a baptism of repentance. With John telling them, I'm not the one. The one who is the one is coming. I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. I'm baptizing in water. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire, but he's coming. And Peter and Andrew, James and John were disciples of John. 
which means they were living at the intersection of their desire for God and God's invitation to them. This is the place where discipleship begins and this is the place that discipleship lives every day of the disciple's life. And as a friend of ours says in her book on sacred rhythms, Ruth Haley Barton says, nothing says more about who you are as a believer than your desire for God. It's all kinds of things people desire, a lot of desire. That word in the Bible is often used attached to, to terrible things. It's also a word that is meaningfully attached to how much we want to be with, to know, to be next to, to be called, to be in the kingdom of God. You ever feel it? You ever feel the hunger for God? I don't know, sometimes in church, you know, you get kind of just get used to going. Like, you know, you get used to going to the refrigerator and, and then there's that magnet on the refrigerator that says, are you really hungry? Or are you just used to coming to the fridge? And I usually like to tell refrigerator magnets to mind their own business. I'm not attracted to them. The, uh, the habit, the habit of church, the habit of being quasi-religious can be a habit that doesn't bring a whole lot of life. When the habit is detached from desire. The good news is that discipleship does not begin cosmically with our desire. It begins with God's invitation. God is the great actor. God is the great inviter. God is the one who loved us before we were made. God is the one who prepared himself the Son, to come into the world, to be born in the flesh, to live and die and be raised from that death. It is God who has already prepared himself in his love and his grace and his mercy to be the great inviter. What we're asked to do is desire the one who's looking for us. I don't know if you've ever wanted, been attracted to somebody who ended up not being attracted to you. you. As you might expect, I know that feeling. There was, this, there was this very nice lady when I was in college, a very nice lady. Very nice lady. I, I asked her, I said, would you like to go out? And, and she said that thing that I found out wasn't a good sign. She said, let me think about it. 
I was sort of anticipating, oh, great, I'd love to. I'd like to think about it. Well, it turned out she had this boyfriend. And I knew who he was, and I knew that he was an inferior type. I asked her on Sunday morning, on Sunday night at church, she said, no, no, I'm going to stay with Gary. Well, they're still married. It's been 49 years. There must have been something about him that was, well, worthwhile. But I thought it would be great to go out with her. And she thought it would not be so great to go out with me. Hmm. What if you were really attracted to God and, and you got the feeling that he wasn't all that keen on you? And then you go, well, maybe he knows me pretty well. There's reasons for us not to hang out. But like Chris was talking about during the communion thoughts, what if there was nothing about you that could keep him from wanting to be with you? What if there was nothing about you that would not make him say, yeah, let's get a Coke. Let's go for a ride. Let's go for a life. So God is the one who is already saying yes. And so it's up to us to, to go down in our hearts and ask the question, what do I want? What do I want? When I look at God, what do I want? Maybe uh, the, the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor spirits. I'm so impoverished in my life. I don't have any resources. There, there are two words for poor. One's poor enough to have to work for a living. The other one is destitute. This word is destitute. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I've driven my life. The fuel lights come on. I've kept going and going, and now I think I'm probably going to be the one who runs out of gas on the off-ramp to the 635. Blessed are the poor who know they're poor and need God. Blessed are the mourning. Blessed are those who know the sickness and the death and the dying in the world. Blessed are those who know that this morning in the Ukraine, bombs fall. The Russian Christians are going to attack the Ukrainian Christians. and It'll be one of those things that the non-Christians look at and go, they don't really get it, do they? They don't really get it, do they? We mourn. We mourn for the diagnoses of others. We mourn for our own blood tests that come out upside down. We mourn. 
We mourn for the paths our kids take. We mourn for the paths that we've taken. We mourn. Blessed are the meek. The meek are trying to find a place in the world where their lives can be worth something. They want to become deeply embedded in something that's larger than themselves. That if all this world is, is me doing me, that's nothing. It's just nothing. Can I be a part of something that's bigger than me? And Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God is at hand. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who fed up with the evil in the world, who are fed up in the evil in themselves, who are fed up in the evil that's in the business structure, for the evil that's in the political structure. All of the places where evil shows its evil face, you're just sick and tired, hungry and thirsty for the goodness of God. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you homework. I'll give you rest. Jesus offers an invitation to those who have a hunger and a desire for the things of God. John 5, Jesus walks into the area around the pool of Bethesda. Let's call it a portico. That'll be fun. Maybe somebody this morning is going, hope he says portico today. There's a guy there who's crippled. Crippled a long time. Been there a long time. Jesus says, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Do you have desire to get well? Do you want to get well? The guy goes, well, I can. I get in the water. Nobody helps me. Do you want? Well, you know how it is. I mean, you should. You'd think you'd want to. Well, but sometimes hoping to get well is it's just beyond. You've been paralyzed a long time. And, and, and now you've been going to the pool of Bethesda. Somebody brings you. I guess they literally drop you off. And, and after you've been in this adult daycare situation for a long time, the, the, the people, well, you just know where everybody sits. You know, you, you've got buddies. You know where everybody sits. I mean, aren't you sitting where you always sit? Well, I see some people saying, no, you radicals, you. But I bet he's sitting where he always sits. I bet he knows everybody around him. They've already told all their stories more times than they can count. Maybe they're doing it now by number, right? Remember number 14. <laughs> That's great. I love that one. Maybe if you get well, you have to go back and integrate into the family that has forgotten you while you've been at the pool. 
Maybe you have to go back to a life you've never had. Maybe you have to go back to work. Maybe you've gotten used to all of the things you don't have to think about at the pool hall. You want to get well? What if you looked in the mirror and you said to yourself, I really don't want to get well. I'd like to be a church member, but do I have to follow Jesus? I, I kind of like being some kind of Christobabletarian. I, I, I kind of like, you know, being able to honk if somebody's got one of those honk signs on their car. Do I have to desire? Do I have to want? Do I have to hunger and thirst? Do I have to? Jesus cannot satisfy a desire you don't have. He absolutely will not stuff himself down your throat. But he will invite you if you're hungry. He'll show up if you desire him. If you want to get well, he's the Savior for you. So we want to follow him. We want to follow him. The thing that says most about us is our desire for God. I've got a couple of elders here who are respectable types who want to talk to us a little bit about the thing that starts this afternoon. Over the weekend, I read this whole book, Rooted. I didn't color all the pictures, but I read this whole book. Some of you have already done this. Some of you need to. I hope you're hungry. Thank you, guys. Good morning, church. So uh, today at 2 p.m. Uh, here at the Teen Center, we kick off uh, what we call our Rooted Experience. And we've been offering this uh, for several years now. And with the exception of the 2020 tip period that we went through with the pandemic and but we want to invite everybody. Our goal is that everybody would go through the Rooted Experience, and it's part of our discipleship series, uh, along with some other offerings that we have here at Greenville Oaks. But I want to talk about uh, just a, a little bit about something. If you're here today or watching us online, and you are not engaged in the, with a fellow group of believers, if you feel disengaged either with others or with the church or with God himself, show up at 2 p.m., okay? Uh, you know, we we offer the opportunity to gather. We offer the opportunity to go through the rooted experience, and and but it's up to each of us to receive that call and do something. And, and as Eddie shared, we, you know, God is at work in each of our lives, and here's, an op- here's another opportunity for us, okay? So, if you, like I said, if you are 
in that state, come. Come at, come at 2 p.m. today at the teen center. Uh, if you're not a member, not a problem. If you didn't register already, not a problem. Just show up. Whatever the reason you think might prevent you from showing up, come. Anyway, come and listen to what Rooted is about. There's no obligation. Okay. And I would add, add to this. If you've been through Rooted, but you're in that situation where you think you need to be, you need to re-engage again with the church and with God and your purpose, come. Okay. We invite you to, to do so and let God work in your life. So many of us uh, have gone through different types of uh, lessons and programs. Has anybody here been through Rooted? If you have, would you raise your hand? Good. good. Anybody here who hated it? I guarantee you won't hate it. You won't hate it. You'll love it. You're going to love what I call falling in love again. You're going to love being reborn again. You remember falling in love the first time? It's a beautiful thing. But what if as you go grow older with that person, 49 years you said, Eddie, that girl that you thought you were going to go out with? What if it's years and years later and you fall in love again with that same person? We get an opportunity to fall in love with Jesus one more time over and over again and then get an opportunity to share others, share with others about that love so they can fall in love too. So I hope that today you will in fact come. But I want to pray for us. I want to pray for that desire. I want to pray that the desire in your heart be in love with God and his church and his people I want to pray that you will be moved in ways you hadn't thought about being moved in a long time I want to pray that God will show up because you're going to show up mighty God we we worship you because you are our creator you are the one who gave us life God, I pray that we will not waste this life on trivial things. I pray, God, that we will not allow the problems of our lives to take precedence over you. I pray, God, that the business of our lives will not take precedence over you. I pray, God, that the the things that we are so involved in that have little to do with your work will not take precedence over you. I pray, God, that we will be moved to draw closer to you again. Will you move in us? Would you guide us? Would you walk with us? Help us to become more than we In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Instagram. You can find and follow us there at Greenville Oaks. 
Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org. 